Welcome to Know My Faith. My guest is uh, Dr. Jeffrey Seif. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, I've come across you most recently with a series of videos, and this is what we want to talk about is Jeremiah. Um, you're doing a series of videos on Jeremiah for Zola Levitt Ministries. Uh, just tell, tell us a little bit about that, because, you, you, I mean, technically you are, I think, officially still senior theologian at Zola Levitt. Yeah, I'm the principal TV guy. Zola uh, started off in Christian television 40 years ago in America when the Christian TV industry was just ramping up. And he was a Jewish guy like myself who came to faith, and his niche was uh, taking people to Israel. And he would, uh, you know, you can open up a Bible and talk about David and Goliath, and you'll hear it from, a, you know, a sanctuary somewhere with someone breaching it. But he would actually go to the Valley of Elah and, and show it. So there's a whole lot of show and tell. And he went on to be with the Lord. And um, I had worked with him a little bit, but they asked me to step in there and fill those shoes. And I did it for a number of years full time. And then I pivoted to take a professorship. And now they've asked me to come back. But it's not called Zola Everett Ministries anymore. You know, he's okay. been dead for, for, he went on to his reward. It's called Our Jewish Roots. So in America, the television program airs coast to coast on uh, Daystar Christian Television, a variety of other networks uh, under our Jewish roots now. It's been that way for two or three years. Right, and, and so you get the privilege of somebody else organizing for you to do all these wonderful trips to Israel and back to do teaching. I mean, it's the, you know, Berg Productions, the production company that does the television program, mm. uh, has been doing it for 40 years. I mean, it was Ken Berg, uh, the producer that talked Zola into it. Uh, so, so he does a lot of the, uh, the nuts and bolts. When it comes to the teaching, you know, I don't read anybody's script, and I'm not told talk on this. I mean, they really give me the liberty to go with what's on the heart and mind, and it's a certainly a collaborative endeavor, but it's got to be in here and in here if it's going to yeah. go out there. So, uh, yeah. but 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 Ken really helps put it all together. There's a number of dramatic vignettes that go along with it too. It's not just a talking head uh, on television. That uh, it's uh, you know whatever I'm talking about, whether it's Jeremiah or whomever. We hire actors, Israelis principally, shoot most of it in Israel, and uh, he puts all that together. I yeah, yeah. But it's, it's nice having, uh, I used to say, the, the the difference between radio and TV is in uh, in radio you have to do everything yourself, basically, and on TV you, you sit in the green room and somebody says, would you like another coffee? It's uh, You've got all these extra people around helping. Um, Jeremiah, was that your idea or was that their idea and you go, oh, yes, let's do Jeremiah? Uh, that, that, that was mine. Yep. You know, I mean, the way we, the way we develop it, um, it it's um, they, they really kind of lean on me uh, to decide what to get into because I got to sell it, you know, at the end of the day. It's got to be authentic to me, yeah. you know, as opposed to an actor writing a script and telling someone else's story. So so he's good with that. But he and I, we, we've been friends for so long. And at my age, you know, I just really like working with friends principally, not just yeah. associates. You know, who'll weigh in? And I'll go with that. I mean, it's collaborative. Sometimes I'll bend his way a little bit. But he really wants it to be authentically mine. This one came from me. I wanted to do it. So, yeah. I attended uh, last weekend, or this this previous weekend, the Winter Bible School here in uh, in Tupuki in New Zealand, and uh, one of the lecturers was talking about the Book of Kings or the Books of Kings, and of course, at the end of Kings is when Jeremiah comes in uh, as a player, and uh, we have the weeping prophet calling out to a nation that just doesn't want to listen. And and Jeff, I've got to tell you, I I look at that 
I hear all the prophecies uh, today of there's going to be worldwide revival, we're going to have this and that, and I'm thinking, uh, we Jeremiah's out there and he's calling to the church again, but they're not, the, or calling to the people of God, but they're not listening. Well, that certainly was his context, and people are going to apply it. Certainly will read the text and, and make applications. Uh, I spend more time digging into that moment, history background, and then let people kind of, I mean, sometimes I'll bring it forth and say, this is a church application, yep. but you know, I'll spend 80% of my time just trying to acquaint the reader with the text and visually and, and vocally, but uh, cer- certainly we can make applications. I mean, I mean, Jeremiah lived in a world that was decadent and it wasn't getting any better. And to your point, you know, he was, he called out, uh, he, he was looking for a change that never happened. He wound up getting assassinated, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. he was murdered. It, uh, it, it doesn't bode well for the, um, there's a book, and I, I refer to this uh, a little bit in the podcasts, but there's a book uh, a friend of mine wrote called The Pit to the Palace, and that talks about Joseph's life, you know, and it's, and, and I've got to say my friend has changed his theology a little bit, but it was very much, you know, God wants the best for your life and this, that, you know, and, and look at Joseph, he went from the pit to the palace. And I'm going, yeah, well, it didn't work so well for Jeremiah because he went the other way. He went from the palace into a pit where he's up to his waist and muck, and then he's he, he's uh, tried for treason. He's taken uh, against his will into exile in Egypt. And you go, that doesn't sound like a successful ministry. No, you know, people try and sell it, you know, and I get it. There's a lot of people in pain. There's a lot of problems. And there's the message, come to Jesus and everything's going to be fine. He's going to look out for you. God wants his children to be happy. But what happens is people will sign up on that basis, but they'll defect as well when they realize there's a chasm between the rhetoric and the reality. I mean, you accept the Lord. You're not put on a Queen Elizabeth II luxury liner. It's a battle cruiser. Yeah. And a lot of people are just caught off guard by all of that. What's the, what's the most fascinating? Because I know you haven't. Have you finished filming yet? Because it hasn't finished uploading. Because we're only halfway through the series. We, we we have another series or two we've done subsequent to okay. that. We do these a few months in advance, and they roll out. We're on a whole other whole other program. There's uh, a, we're halfway through this week. There's five more to go on it. So what's the what's the most fascinating thing that you personally that that uh, Jeffrey Seif has discovered about Jeremiah and his ministry as you've been doing? You you kind of sort of said it just when you're offering you know the quintessence of the man's life that that uh, he wasn't a popular figure. He had an unpopular message at a miserable moment mm. in history, and and he paid dearly for it. He got beat up along the way. He got jostled about, thrown in in the dungeon more than once. I mean, he was rescued from the dungeon by the Babylonians when they invaded. I mean, his savior was, was yeah. Nebuchadnezzar, only to be later assassinated by Judeans. Uh, to me, it just reminds me of how tough it is sometimes to stand up for truth, um, to try and be sane in an insane world. And uh, to, to, to me, it's just, it's the cross. It, it, it's, uh, you know, truth-telling uh, isn't easy business, and I, I think that's that that's the that that's the principal thing. Did did you find that because you uh, you you're a police or you're in the police academy training? Do you find that 
because the, the, the police is a very secular organisation, obviously. You're a very, very uh, upfront believer in uh, the Messiah. Do you find any of that in your work? That, 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 that you know, the, the persecution for standing for truth? Well, yes and no. I found pound for pound police officers are some of the finest human beings I've ever met. I think that, um, that uh, of course, my experience is in Texas, and I know the vetting process and the standards and... You know, we've I've run into some bad apples, and we've had to get get rid of them, and um, that's happened. But really, I'm a little step back now. I'm in the police academy, and and uh, you know, I get to pick my leadership team and, and the instructors, and I don't get a lot of um, I don't get a lot of that from the team. I'm a police chaplain. I started off as a chaplain of police, volunteering uh, to do weddings and funerals and counseling, and I yeah. go out riding along. And I wound up going to the police academy and just donated 10, 12 years, you know, working a shift or two a week as a reserve. I never thought I'd fall back into it as uh, substantially as I did. But, uh, you know, I found working with police has been a good thing. That I'm a believer and I haven't had too many problems. I have had politically, though, with sources exterior to the police world that are kind of uh, I have been taken to task and complained on, so that, yeah. that's bothered me. I suppose, I mean, as a chaplain, the, the, the society, you're expected to be Christian. You're you're expected to have these views. Right, so, I mean, they, they sign me up for that. So if they say, well, look, he's a Christian, but you know what happens? You're a cop. I'm dispatched to a call for service, and, you know, if it hits the fan, I got to jump in the pile hands-on. I can't yeah. be Reverend Sight. You know, you got to be Officer Sight. You got to be <laughs> willing to get into it. And at the first... Um, you know, other officers were wondering whether I'd be good to go if it went bad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're out there dealing with a segment of the population that gets into some crazy stuff. And, you know, am I going to am I going to jump into it and take care of business as a cop? And so I've had to prove myself yeah. on that. That's a Hexel Ridge, Texas edition. So now I mean, let, let's just take a, li- a little bit of a look at uh, at. The, the Jewish side of Jeffrey Seif, because uh, I, I know that one of the uh, you're on one of the videos with uh, one for Israel of uh, of Jewish people who have come to know the Messiah. When did that happen for you? I uh, you're right. I'm I'm born and raised Jewish from from, from both uh, parents. I had um, run into the Jesus movement people in in the early '70s and asked the Lord into my heart. But then I kind of didn't really, um, I mean, I kind of got in, but then I wound up drifting away. It's really in my uh, mid-20s where I really wanted to dedicate my life to this. I felt called into the ministry and and went to Bible college then. Um, But that was maybe 26, you know, I'm about to be 67. It was a lifetime ago. But my wife and I were both born and raised in, in the Jewish tradition. Do you remember what it was that really struck you when you go, oh, Jesus or Yeshua is the Messiah? Yeah, it was more experiential than it was intellectual. You know, for me, uh, you know, I wasn't really into church. You know, it's people inviting me to church. I wouldn't have gone. I used to have hair down to here. Yeah, you yeah. know, I'm an old hippie, a rock lover, and, you know, that, that the whole Christian church thing, I just wasn't into that. But I ran into other young people who were turned on to Jesus. And, you know, you know, I'd run into them and I'd push them off. They, people would want to witness to me and I'd say, look, I'm Jewish. I don't believe in Jesus and kind of push him away. Uh, but one guy, you know, some another hippie kind of guy wanted to talk about Jesus. I said, look, man, you know, I don't believe in, in Jesus. I'm Jewish. And he said, why not? 
Uh, I said, I'm Jewish. I don't believe in Jesus. And he said, why not? I said, I don't know. You know, we just don't. So he whips out a Bible. And I, I mean, I remember him opening up the Bible uh, in Isaiah chapter 53 and wanting to talk oh, to me about yeah. stuff there. I said, I didn't know a lot about Jesus, but that sure looked Jesus. So he says, why don't you, he kind of pushed me to, to, you know, to ask Jesus into my heart. And it was really experiential. You know, I, uh, uh, he kind of had me get on the floor and kneel with him uh, and admit to God that I'm a sinner. I've never really had a prayer to God like that. Yeah. And then to ask Jesus to come into my heart, it was very emotional. It was very spiritual, very experiential. And, you know, I just kind of got off up from the floor and I really was a new kind of person. I mean, it was, yeah. uh, so, and then I just started to get into it. I go hang out with these other young people that were turned on to Jesus and, that's what began the journey. I never thought I'd become a reverend, never mind a doctor of theology. I never saw yeah. any of that in the star. But but I really did. Uh, I, I really got smitten by, by the whole Jesus renewal experience. And for me, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a few years younger than you and I live in New Zealand, so I missed out on that whole Jesus movement thing of the early 70s. But uh, it was God, I think, was doing a remarkable thing. I remember talking to Barry Maguire in uh, one of the interviews and asking him, you know, what was it that 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 started him? And he said he was in uh, in Hollywood and Arthur Blessett, you remember Arthur Blessett, the guy that used to carry the cross around? He said Arthur Blessett was just sitting on a on a planter box with his cross beside him and Barry Maguire, he says, he says, I made the mistake of looking at him in the eyes. He says, and when you do that, you gotta you got to say something. So I just said, hey, what's happening, man? And he says, now the blessed just looked at me, he goes, Jesus. He goes, that was it, it was all over. <laughs> yeah, I get it. It was, it was like that back then, you know, there's nothing like a revival era. And God only knows we need it today, you know, we, do. we just do. Well, that's one of the things that, that I've noticed in the, in the videos, uh, and we're going to put the link for that in the description here so people can watch them because they're, they're, it's very good teaching. Thank you for that. But um, you're teasing towards, obviously it's going to come out in some of the final videos, you're teasing towards the fact that although Jeremiah has this hard message, there is hope in the future. There is hope for the nation of Israel. And I think that's really important too. I think it's better to light candles than it is to curse the darkness. And uh, it's, it's easy to look at someone and see, here's what's wrong with this person. It's harder to see what's right sometimes because we just kind of default to the negativity. Now, to be sure, Jeremiah called it out, but he didn't just see the problem. There's this, there isn't just a destructive edge to him. There's a constructive edge as well. If you look at the beginning of Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10, his message was to tear up, to to you know overthrow, but then he says at the end to build in the plant. Yeah. And, and uh, Jeremiah uh, doesn't just give bad news. He gives good news as well. He sees hope over the horizon that though we're in a tough stretch right now, uh, he, he sees that God still is loving and he is in the business of uh, restoring, and he did see a restoration to come. Mm. And uh, that now his restoration motifs correlate with the Jesus story: a new, a new covenant, um, uh, forgiveness of sins, a kind of knowing God. Uh, he refers to it as a new covenant that yes. he's going to make as well. He's, what's it? So yeah, you have that, uh, and and I love that. And you know, even some preachers, you know, they're real harsh and 
condemning, you know, but, you know, don't just point the finger, extend a hand as well. Don't just tell people what's wrong. Let people know that God can turn it around. And, yeah. and you see both those things in Jeremiah. I think one of the things, uh, and I've just had this discussion online with somebody, the, 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 one of the most misquoted verses in the Old Testament, Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, you know, I know, I know the plans I have. And, and I'm saying to people, can, can you please read verses 1 to 10? Read it in context where Jeremiah is saying to the, to the exiles, you know, because the exiles, I mean, you know this, but we're just for the sake of those that are watching, the, the, the exiles in, in Babylon are saying, oh, you know, don't even unpack your bags. We're only going to be here for a while and then God will send us back. And Jeremiah is saying, no, no, this is long term. You screwed up really, really badly. This is, you know, marry your sons and daughters, marry your grandchildren. You're going to be here for a long time. And then he gets to verse 11 where he says, but God says, I know the plans. My plans for you haven't changed. But it's to me, it's, it's understanding that contextual thing and saying even with where we are in the world today, if you look at, at end times eschatological prophecy, and you say that the, the prophecy of the Bible, this, this, my interpretation is that the world is getting darker and darker and darker until God the Father says enough, but I know the plans that I have for my people afterwards. Does that make sense to you? It does. And I do think that principally we want to be messengers of hope. Uh, I think it's extremely important at the end of the day, not just the world be damned. And, uh, um, you know, I always... Um, well, yeah, I mean, to your point, Jeremiah was very much that. Of course, people didn't hear that. They just heard the bad yeah, stuff. And killed that's them. right, yeah, yeah. But, but at the end of the day, um, you know, faith believes all things, endures all things, hopes all things. Uh, I believe principally our ministry is one of reconciliation, you know, we're the aroma, and there is a prophetic edge to what we say and do, but at the end of the day, we want to see restoration to come, and God has a way um, and my producer at Kenberg hates the expression. He doesn't like me to use it on TV. I say, God has a way of pulling the rabbit out of the hat. That is making the miracle happen. Do, do, do the wondrous. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, God can, can turn anything around. And really, even Jeremiah was speaking, uh, God would have, could have relented then had they repented. Had they repented. So that's the saddest thing with Jeremiah. He's known as the weeping prophet. And as a young man, God says, I want you to take this hard message to my people. They need to repent from their actions. They need to turn again, but they're not going to listen to you. And by the way, you're going to be on your own. I mean, he, all he had was, was his, his scribe at the end, but, but basically for most of Jeremiah's life, he was on his own. It's true. It's tough. It's tough. You know, he's called the deathbed prophet. Now, of course, he's coming after hundreds of years. It's not just that. I yep. mean, if, if you you at kings, you know, I mean, kings, it, it's an indictment, you know, it, it, it's, uh, uh, you know, in, in law in America, we have probable cause before making an arrest, specific and articulable facts that would lead a reasonable person to believe that a particular crime has been committed and a particular person is responsible for it. I need to paper that up to get a warrant for an arrest, or if I make an arrest, I need to paper it up in order to send it to the DA. If, yep. you, if you look at the section of Kings, it's like an indictment against the, the malfeasance so. of Northern and Southern Kingdom. Jeremiah is just coming at the end of a long string of, of decadence. And, but even then, it wasn't too late, but they wouldn't have it, so be it. Yeah, <laughs> they were yeah. punished. 
I think three times in, in the book of Jeremiah, God says, uh, I rose early sending you the prophets, saying, repent and turn back to me, but you wouldn't listen. You just refused to listen. Um, and I, you know, and again, I've got to see this as as the 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 modern equivalent. The the Jews believed that just because they were God's people, just because they were Israelites, God would not destroy the temple. God would not remove them from the land. Uh, it was a false belief based on uh, not understanding and not knowing the scriptures. And and I really see that. Again, to me, in the in today's layer to see in church, that we have a, a a whole group of Christians who believe it. Well, I believe in Jesus, so so I'm fine. But the Jeremiahs are saying, actually, you know, you need to change. Well, here's here's what I think of when you say that. Now, you kind of have me thinking a little cop stuff. I remember time one time going on a raid with with the 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 FBI here and the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency. And it was, so it, we go in heavy, you know, it's like a SWAT raid on this heavy drug dealer. Now, you, you go in, guns out, you're laying people down, you're just, you're making the arrest. The thing that struck me when I went into the place, and I didn't bother observing it till everyone was in handcuffs and, and we took care of business, all of the paintings, you know, the Virgin Mary, St. Joseph, you would think you're in an apartment in the Vatican. And I've done this, I've arrested people too in the middle of the night as a cop, you know, the praying hands, Mother Mary. In other words, people, what they do is they use religious motifs and they think by virtue of the fact they possess them, it kind of, it staves off impending destruction. They're kind of yeah. using religion as a good luck charm. Yeah. And, and, and I've seen this, too, on the dashboards of cars, the Virgin Mary, St. Joseph, and Jesus to protect them on the roads. I mean, in, in, in Jeremiah's day, the temple was there. Yes. And it's a good luck charm. Well, you know, God's house is here, and, and by virtue of, of his residence, you know, God's not going to let the neighborhood get invaded. And, and uh, of course, it was a misconception. It's explicit. Yeah. The Lord says, do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the, the, Lord, temple, of the, temple, Lord, of the Lord, the temple of the it's Lord. It's yeah. sticks and bricks. Yeah. Sticks and bricks. And, and absent the right kind of heart, it's not going to save you just because you burn some incense and kill a kill away. Yeah. yeah, Josiah's reforms, I think, is one of my favorite uh, turnaround scriptures in the Old Testament because Josiah, a great king from his early days when he takes over and then he begins the reforms and he begins kicking out all the prophets of Baal and, and restoring the temple. And then he finds the Bible. Hilkiah finds the scriptures, possibly Deuteronomy, right. hidden away in a wall. And so here's Josiah. He wants to follow God. He wants to do the right thing. Somebody says, here, read this from the Bible. And he goes, oh, we're in trouble. We've been doing right. it all wrong. Um, and, and, and again, you know, as, as you've said, you, you know, one of your great desires is, is you just want to open up the Bible for people. I just want to do that. I want people just to, to read the Bible, discover God more in the scriptures, be more in love with him and, and glorify him through reading the scriptures. But when we do that, sometimes we get that double message of Jeremiah of you need to change your way of thinking, your way of acting. If you do, then here is this hope. But if you don't, destruction is coming. 
That's right. Well, what makes the good news so good is the bad news is so bad, and uh, the gospel is preaching a little bit of both. Billy Graham once said, if there was more preaching of hell in the pulpit, there'd be less hell in the pew. Yes. And, and, and uh, there's something to be said for that. And to your point as well, you know, for me, uh, there's something inside of me that just comes alive when I have an open Bible. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, I do love, I don't know why as a guy, the police thing, you know, the paramilitary, it gets me in touch with being a male in a way that other things don't perhaps, yeah. you know, aside from that dimension of my life, I'm a religious philosopher kind of guy and, and I can get lost in it. I love it. I mean, when, when I open up the Bible, when, when I speak to you now, I mean, we're not under contract. You're not talking to me because you're making money in this. I'm not talking to you because I'm making a dime. I'm glad to do it. You know, yeah. it's something inside of me just, just feeds on, on, on sharing the biblical story. And, and it's so much changed my life. And I would hope that, you know, individuals that might be listening, irrespective of circumstances in your own life, that uh, if you find yourself like in Jeremiah's world where, where religion, religious language is condemning you, or so it feels because you're on the wrong side of a relationship with God, go to the other side. There's a whole new life. You know, I don't want you to, you know, I see a lot of people self-destruct. I've seen it as a cop. I've seen it as a pastor. And uh, it doesn't need to be that way. God can turn it around. And I would say, add to that to simply just when you go to that, go to the scriptures, go and go and find God in the scriptures. Um, you know, I love this. Is it in Jeremiah or I can't remember who I was reading recently? One of the prophets when they said, "Don't don't go to Dan, don't go to Bethel to find God," um, which is the 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 centers where uh, Jeroboam set up the idols. So the, they were the centers of worship, but. It was a corrupted worship, and and it's like don't don't go to this church, don't go to that teacher, don't go to there. Go to the scriptures to find God for yourself. Right, right. Go to go go to the fountain. Get there, yeah. and and uh, there is bad religion. You know, it's striking by the way that uh, there you you can go into a place and people don't know. You know, it, it, it's just someone's kind of hurting in life, and there's a church and. Reverend so-and-so, and they have a Bible and a cross. Uh, and so people go there, but but the people that lead the enterprise, they're indifferent toward the biblical testimony. The cross means nothing. And uh, it, it, to me, it's tragic. I mean, a, a lot of these people should be sued for malpractice. It's not authentic. Yeah, uh, they, they, they don't believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, they don't believe in sacred scripture. And, um, you know, they advocate for things that are, that contravene basic biblical principles. Yeah. Um, and I think we do well to flee those and, and people find a place of worship where the Bible's taken seriously. Nice people, loving people, genuine people, just not biblical people. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, and there are just wonderful, beautiful people that are genuine that aren't biblical people. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, and, and you know, I, I like them, you know, but, but, but if you're going to go to a church, I mean, listen, if you're sick, okay, and, and, uh, and, and you need medical attention, don't go to a quack, go to a real doctor, you yeah. know, and, and, and if you're going to do church, go to the real deal. Yeah. Don't go to something else. You know, it doesn't mean that those people that do the other thing are bad people necessarily. It's just, you know, if you're going to do it, and if you're going to yeah. put your money in the plate, you know, go to the real thing. I don't yeah. think it's too much to ask. And, and, and 
the only way you'll know it's the real thing is if you're reading the Word of God. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's a pet peeve of mine. Now, I'm a Bible professor. Never yeah. mind the cop talk. And never mind, you know, I got this little police, this television program here in America. Uh, the, the television program makes me sound real big. The police thing might make me sound curious to your readers. But as a Bible college professor, as a Bible professor, one of my pet peeves is you can go to church, okay? And you have a minister that's talking for 45 minutes. They might quote the Bible for 45 seconds at best. And what they're doing is, well, I guess it's church, so I got to throw in a Bible verse, but it's a whole lot of what I think and what I feel. I tell my people, I'd rather, it's better to do a lousy job of teaching the Bible than a real good job of just commending your own stuff to, to a population. At the end of the day, well, it used to be when people were ordained to the ministry, they were ordained to the ministry of word and sacrament. And, and, and uh, you know, I, it's the ministry of the word. And, and I think more attention should be given to biblical literature, its text, its context, its background, and then bringing it forth in a way yeah. that applies. That way, when people leave, they won't just say, I mean, listen, people that break away from this podcast might say, boy, that guest he got, that Scythe, he's a really good guy. Who cares? We're ships yeah. passing in the night. I can't do anything for anybody's life. You know, someone might say, oh, that was a great minister. Oh, thank you, Pastor. That's a great minister. It's better if they say, boy, biblical literature is really fascinating. It's really interesting. That yeah. way, don't just be excited about me. Develop an excitement about the story, I think, uh, ministers should spend more attention telling the Bible story. That way, when people walk out of the house, they don't just say that's a great minister. They say that's a great story. Yeah. But to me, the biblical message seems to be obscured as biblical text is given less and less voice, a lot more pop psychology and opinions. I love it when I'm uh, when I'm preaching and I'll, and I use a you know I, I refuse to have the scriptures on the on the screen. I want people to read it in their Bible. So I'll step away from the pulpit and I'll be reading my Bible and then I'll go back to my notes and I'm talking to the people and, and I look out and there's somebody who's still got his face in his Bible and I'm going ah one person got it. One person has yeah. just fallen in love with the text of the scriptures. Uh, Jeff, thank you for your time. What's coming up after Jeremiah so people can get it? Because you said you, you're a couple of series ahead? Yeah, I forget. Ah. We're, 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 five, we're five weeks out. I think it's the Peter one that's coming, and then Ezekiel. It could be Ezekiel and Peter, but I'll have to go look. We'll, we'll just have to keep watching. Well, thank you. You know, And people can go to the website, uh, Zola Levitt Ministries, and... Uh, it, because the ministry is, killed, is still Zola Everett Ministries. Yep. Uh, the, there's still a bunch of people that work there. Uh, but the television program, because Zola's been dead for a number of years, he's gone on to his reward, is called All Jewish Roots. But people yep. can always see the weekly television program on Zola, Z-O-L-A-L-E-V-I-T-T -T Ministries. Yep. Marvelous. Jeff, thank you so much for your time. It's been great talking with you. Glad to do it. And uh, keep in touch, please. Will do. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey Seif uh, from uh, Our Jewish Roots. And uh, as I say, the, you'll find the, um, the link in the description below. Don't forget to subscribe and click the bell and all those sorts of things. Not just, not just for Know My Faith, but go on to uh, YouTube, to their channel on YouTube, and subscribe to that as well to get some good teaching that will drive you into the Scriptures that hopefully will get you to fall in love with the Scriptures and the God of the Scriptures. God bless you. Thanks for watching.